This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. Let's welcome to the podium. Uh, I like your sneakers. All right. <laughs> he knows what I'm saying. Pastor John Hanna. the drums. <laughs> the drummer. I'm used to the drums. The drummer was, you have a talking drummer now. <laughs> I believe I play. I get excited about the drums. <laughs> it's the beat. It's the rhythm. Where's the drummer? Be also ready. Come on! Aaron's like, ah, we wanted more! Forget you! Let's go! Lift your hands. (laughs) Ah! You missed your chance. Lift your hands and just release your own individual sound. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, release your sound. We honor you. We magnify you. We glorify you. One of the things that I've taught you before is on prayer and I believe in the power of prayer. And one of the things is to learn the format of prayer. If you study the scripture, the Bible lets us know that when the disciples actually just teach us how to pray, and he began to pray, our Father which art in heaven, he does not mean that every time you pray that you should say that, but you should get the format. And the format is A-C-T-S and then I, adoration, confession, thanks, supplication, and then intercession. But you always start out with adoration. Adoration builds up your vocabulary, like who do you say that I am? When you adore him, you begin to, um, you, you, um, you put titles on him. So when you adore him, like you're the lover of my soul, you're my king, you're my deliverer, you're my healer, you're my way maker. You're all that I have, I need, and I want. You're the smile of my face, you're the beat of my heart, you're the skip of my step, you're the lover of my soul. You're my deliverer, you're my everything. You're the, you, 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 you deliver me out of the hands of the enemy and I give you glory. Who do you say that he is? Open your mouth and just speak well of your God. Come on, just speak well of your God. You are my everything. I can't live without you. I can't breathe without you. I can't move without you. I can't make it a second without you. Hallelujah, I give you glory. I give you glory. You're the high tower, you're the foundation. You're my hiding place. Hallelujah. 
You're my victory. You're my warring God. You're the God that fight for me. You're the God that defend me. You're the God that stand up for me. You're my hero. You're my Superman. You're my everything. Who do you say that he is? Come on, speak well of your God. Speak well of your God. Come on, build up your vocabulary. You're my mother, you're my father, you're my friend, you're my counselor, you're my doctor, you're my healer, you're the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, you're the great I am, you're the bread of life, you're the living water, and I give you glory. Clap your hands right there and release your praise. You can be seated. I am so grateful to be back here. This is my third visit here. This is mine. And this is the only church that I've been to in Lagos. And I'm excited. I fly out tomorrow. I go to Abuja um, to speak. So I've only been to three places. I've been to Ghana, I've been to Lagos, and I've been to Abuja. Um, and I just want to take this time to say thank you. Thank you to the pastor, to his lovely wife. Um, the spirit of hospitality is amazing here. And your teenagers. Um, I don't have $100 to give you. <laughs> I was hollering like, I was hollering on the front row like, I'm getting one of these hundreds. Um, there are a group of teenage young men that waited on me the first time I came. And they would not let me get in my car and I felt drawn to speak to them. They never asked me for anything. They literally inboxed me weekly just to encourage me. So I want to take this time to acknowledge the young warriors of this church. They over here somewhere. Where you at? Stand up. They are amazing. And so it's a reflection of the house. It's a reflection of the house. All right, let's go Bible. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to the gospel according to John. The gospel according to John. And we are going to read just a few verses here. And I want to just say to you, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are known to be the synoptic gospels. Synoptic means that what you find in one, you could find it in these three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. If you read one miracle, you can trace them. John is different. John is the youngest of the disciples. And young people see it different, they tell it different, and you have to give them the space that they need to be who they are. There are only two miracles in John that you'll find in the other gospels. Number one, when he feeds the multitude, with two fish and five barley loaves. You'll find that in all four of the Gospels. The other miracle is when he walks on the water, when he constrained them to get into the ship, while he goes into the mountain, and then the storm came and he walked. Other than that, every other miracle in John can only be found in the Gospel according to John. Let's go. In chapter 1, you'll only read it in John when he says in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word. 
the word was with God and the word was God. In chapter 2, you'll only read it in the gospel according to John. When Jesus goes to a wedding, not a Nigerian wedding, you guys have the best weddings. I go online just to see the weddings, like, this is crazy. It is amazing to me, and y'all get to dance and get to throw money. I be like, I want to, I want to Nigeria. I almost tell my wife, let's go to Nigeria and get married again. <laughs> Jesus goes to a wedding and they run out of juice. They have run out of wine. And Mary turns to Jesus and basically says, the bar is empty. And you need to hook them up. Jesus says, it's not my time yet. Then Mary says something, and everyone, you should really underline this in your Bible. To me, it is one of the most powerful lines that Mary says in John 2 and 5. The mother turned to the servants and said, Whatsoever he saith unto you, just do it. It might not make any sense, but if you obey him, you're going to see a miracle. Do me a favor, just touch your neighbor and say, whatsoever he saith unto you, just do it. Wow. In chapter 3, only in John, we introduce to a Pharisee, a man by the name of Nicodemus. Only in John, you'll hear the line in John 3 and 7, marvel not that I say unto you, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Only in John, when you get to chapter 4, we meet the woman at the well. Jesus walks up to her, here we go again, and asks her for water. She gets in a huge debate about tradition, about history. She's like, ah, forget tradition, forget history. And then Jesus says something only in John. Look at the screen in John 4, 13 and 14. Jesus answered and said, whatsoever drinketh, I'm saying, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never, never, ever, ever thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. I don't know about you, but that made me thirsty for God. Now let's get to chapter 5, and that's where we're going to sit for a minute. In chapter 5, he ends up in Jerusalem. Let's read just the first um, four verses, which is the setting. After this, there was a feast of Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. If you notice, it does not say that he is with his disciples. He's not with his disciples. There's no mention of the disciples. And I need you to get this. He goes to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting, 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 waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whoever, whoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in 
was made whole of whatever disease he had. In verse 1, we find out that there's a feast. Scripture, Bible. There are only three feasts that Jews are required to come to Jerusalem. It is either the Passover, it is either the Tabernacle, or it is either the Pentecost. And more than likely, it is one of these three. Let's go to verse 2. Verse 2, we're introduced to a pool by the name of Bethesda. Only in John, nowhere else in the Bible will you see this name. Bethesda means the house of mercy. Then the Bible says around the pool are five porches. Commentary said that the porches were covered to protect people from the sun or the rain. But while they're waiting there, and they're waiting on something traditional to happen. The Bible says that on the porches, please watch the description of the people. Because no one on the porch can look down on anyone else. Everyone on the porch has a need. Everyone on the porch needs something from God. The worst thing to do is to be in a building with people who feel as if they have everything and they don't need God. Is there anyone in, in, watch me, in spite of your money, you still need God. In spite of your position, you still need God. In spite of your talent, your gift, whatever your calling is, you still need God. And I don't care how much you get, you'll never get to a place that you'd ever feel that you don't need him. As a matter of fact, the higher I go, the more I need him. The more he blesses me, the more I need him. Can you please make sure you're around some people that need God like you need God? If they don't need God, then you're on the wrong porch. To your right and your left, just tell them, I need God. I need him. I need him. Bible, in the, in the third verse, there's a great multitude, but everybody has an issue. Impotent folk, blind, halt, withered. In other words, this is a hopeless situation. Watch this. This is not a place where healthy people would normally visit because we don't like looking at certain situations. But Jesus goes, here's my line, where there is a need. If there is no need, then there's no need for him. You are sent where there is a need. If there is no need, then there's no need for you. You are the answer to the need. One of the things that we say in our church is, um, find a need, now meet it. Find a need, now do what you can to meet the need. Many of you all are coming in with your hands out when your hands are supposed to be extended giving. You don't need someone to pray for you, you need to pray for someone. You might not even need the blessing right now, but God has blessed you to be the blessing. Mm. Without them even asking God to speak to you and tell you to meet the need. Now they're on the porches and it's jacked up. If I watch me, and everybody's waiting on tradition. Everybody's waiting on the norm. Because in verse 4, at a certain season, an angel will go down, trouble the water. That is the norm. And many of you all have been expecting the norm. But I came to let you know that in 2023, your miracle will not be the norm. Mm. 
God's about to do something that doesn't make sense in your life. Come on here. Come on here. Watch me. I don't care how he does it. I just want him to do it. And if he doesn't do it for me like he did it for you, I'm okay. Because I might be the original one to get it the way that I got it. Those of you that still believe that God has time to blow your mind might not come the way that everybody else get it, but he's about to do the supernatural in your life. God, I wish I was there. Come on, up your faith, up your faith, up your faith. You sitting up here waiting on an email to come and God said, no, yours is not going to come through an email. I'm going to divinely hook you up. You're going to be in the right place at the right time. You're going to meet the right people and it's about to be a supernatural miracle. Faith people, lift your hands and worship God for divine intervention. Divine timing, divine connection, divine instruction. Repeat after me, divine timing, divine connection, and divine instructions. This is how your miracle is going to come. Divine timing, you're going to be in the right place at the right time, at the right time. I don't care how long you've been waiting, your next clock is about to be divine. (laughs) Divine timing. Ready? Number two, divine connection. Your miracle is attached to meeting the right people. You're going to end up in a room in an environment with some people that you don't know. It's going to be a divine connection. Look at me. And I need you not to be intimidated with new surroundings. God's going to bring you in a room with people who look like they have more than you, look like they're doing better than you. But I need you to hold your head up and walk in like you all had the bag of chips because it's about to be your. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, I got I to I calm down. I get a little excited. I'm sorry. Touch your neighbor and say, I pray for your divine connection that you meet the right people you're supposed to meet. I pray that your name is brought up in front of the right people. And they they call you when you're supposed to be called. Mm. On the count of three, let's do something spiritual. Everybody just put your name in the atmosphere. And I pray that God would, okay, I didn't count yet. I didn't count yet. I did not count yet. Hold on. On the count of three, release your name. God's going to take your name into 2023. He's going to put it in the right person. And at the right time, your name is going to be brought up. And you're going to meet who you One, two, three. John Hannah. Your divine connection. And your divine connection is going to give you divine instructions that don't make sense. If you're not careful, you'll miss your divine timing, you'll miss your divine connection, you'll miss your divine instruction because you're waiting on the norm. So let's talk before we read. So I'm from Chicago, I'm from the hood. Um, I'm from poverty. 
In the United States, they have something called welfare. And it is when the government sends a certain amount of money to poor people. Um, I am a product of welfare. Both of my parents were high school dropouts, so they did not have an education. Um, in our sixth grade, my mother transferred me to a private high school. And in this private high school, divine timing, divine people. Mm. I met um, a, a school teacher named Miss Kathy, who saw something in me. Mm. And Miss Kathy would put me in the corner and make me read consistently. Mm. Just keep reading, John, just keep reading. And I didn't know what she was doing. What they do is that when they bring you to the school, they test you to see where you're what level you're reading at. I came in reading beneath my grade level. She would never speak the negativity over me. Mm. But what she would do was put me in a corner and make me read. And so when I take the test again, you'll do better and you don't even know you're doing better. I took the test again, ready? Divine timing, divine connection, divine instructions. So watch me. So finally, she comes and say, you're now on your reading level. Really? So now I get, I'll go harder next time. I start studying. What I didn't know is that they would go out and find people to pay for, quote unquote, poor kids to get a private education. They went and found me a Jewish sponsor that paid for all of my high school education that my parents never had to pay for. All because I had what? Divine timing? What am I trying to say to you? Your dreams are about to be paid for. Okay, calm down. You ready? So I go to, I go to high school, I go to high school, I go to high school, and I'm a regular teenager. I'm doing teenage stuff. I'm dancing, I'm smoking, I'm being this rebellious teenager. And at 17, a senior in high school, God come into a basement of a church without anybody saying anything to me, and his spirit like came on me real heavy. I cried all the way home, went in my room, closed the door, got down on my knees and told God, come into my life. At 17, my grades were horrible. The moment that I accepted him, my grades shifted immediately. Stop. But my grades are not good enough to get me into college. Mm. So now my divine connection is a nun who takes me to a man who has an office in a basement. His name is Silas Purnell. He looks at me, not knowing me, and say, I just need to get you out of Chicago. If I get you out of Chicago, you will fly. No college would accept me 
because my grades weren't good enough. He picks up the phone and calls Alabama State University and say, I need you to do me a favor and let this young man in. I came to tell you, you about to ride on somebody else's favor. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> they let me in college, but they let me in, look at me, on probation, which means we're gonna let you in, but you have to prove yourself. I'm good, because the God that I serve says that I'm the head, not the tail. The God that I serve, I'm the lender, not the borrower. The God that I serve, I'm more than a conqueror. Please hear me now, please hear me now. I only, I went to college for four years, I graduated. I only paid for one year. I ended up on the dean's list, which means that you're at the top 10% of your class. And then from there, I got scholarships for the next three years. And I'm telling you, divine timing, your divine connection, and your divine instructions are about to give you full access. Oh my God, I believe in words. I believe that when we say something, it becomes our reality. The Bible said, well, Samuel spoke his words and never hit the ground. So I have you saying things so, they can, so that we can activate certain things in your life. And sometimes you just need to be around the right people that wake up your dreams. So I know I might get on your nerve, touch your neighbor, touch your neighbor. Listen, you shouldn't have sat next to him if you didn't want to touch him. So do me a favor, touch your neighbor, say, I decree and I declare that you're going to meet your divine connection at the right time. And you're going to receive divine instructions and your life will change immediately. I want you to release a praise right there. Ready? So Jesus is in Jerusalem. He's near the pool of Bethesda. The place is packed. And then the Bible shifts and it begins to zone in on one person. The Bible says that all five porches are packed, but then heaven zones in on one person. What have I told you? There's going to be a season in your life that a spotlight shines just on you. I know you're surrounded by a lot of people, but when it's your turn, heaven has a way of pointing a finger at you. Heaven has a way of getting just to you when you think you've been forgotten about. Oh, come on, let's go Bible. Let's read verses five. And a certain man, and a certain man, and a certain man, and a certain man. But there are a multitude of people, but a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. That's a long time. How long have you been dealing with your issue? How long have you been struggling? How long have you not had? How long have you had to deal with what you've had to deal with? Here's my line. When Jesus saw him, let's stop. A certain man, 38 years is like half of a lifetime. He has no strength in his body. He is incapacitated. 
But then Jesus zones in on him, and I want you to see this. And I want you to see what Jesus does. Please, if you don't hear anything else I say to you, I need you to get this. Number one, he saw him. Number two, he knew him. Number three, he says to him. Number one, he saw him. Number two, he said to him. Number, I'm sorry, number two, he, number one, he saw him. Number two, he did what? Number three, he did what? So number one, when he saw him out of the, out of the crowd, there's a scripture in Psalms um, 17, 8, when he says, keep me as the apple of your eye. In other words, let me stand out amongst everybody. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Even though I'm surrounded by people, keep your eyes on me. <laughs> it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. And I'm still here standing in the need. And I need a miracle. When you become the apple of his eye, you don't care what anybody think about you, what they say about you. They can even judge your praise. But it doesn't matter what you think because I'm the apple of his eye. I, he sees me, please watch me, and he knew, he knew without a conversation, he knew that he had been in that state. Can I tell you something? He's a God that is into you like that. He even, he's so into you, he knows the number of hairs on your head. He's so into you, he knows what you have need of before you even ask him. He's so into you, he can distinguish your voice from everybody else's voice. He's so into you that he predestined and ordered your steps. I need you to know there's nobody like you, there's nobody that could ever be you, so you need to be comfortable with being you. He saw him, he knew that he had been in this state for a long time. Anybody else would have committed suicide. Anybody else would have stopped coming. Anybody else would have given up. So when he saw you, he knew that you had the strength to keep pushing. He knew that you had the strength to keep showing up. Come on here. Somebody would have said, you know what? I'm not going anymore. But here is a man. He knew you are not like everybody else. He knew that you are different. Come on here. Watch me. Watch me. He knew that there's some people that's been getting healed before you get healed. But nevertheless, you're still there. Can you do me a favor? Can you lift your hands and just tell the Lord, I'm still here. I'm still here. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands. I'm still here. And I still believe that you're able to do it sitting and abundantly above all I could ask or even think. He saw him, he knew, and he said to him, watch me, he asked the question, will you be made whole? Everybody say whole. Watch me, watch me. This is bigger than a physical healing. He did not ask him, do you want to be healed? He said, do you want to be made whole? Can you bring the four things that I brought up on whole? These are the areas that God wants to get you together. It's mentally, it's physically, it's spiritually, and emotionally. Write those down. Being whole is being made mentally, it is physical, it is 
spiritual and it is emotional. Watch me. The longer you sit in a place, you get the mentality of that place. The, more, the longer that you're in something, you begin to think like that. So watch me. I could heal your body, but if your mind hasn't been changed, you'll still... What, what, let me give you a good example. He delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, but they still had an Egypt mentality. When things didn't go well with them, the first thing they said, had we stayed in Egypt? Stop, 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 stop. He's about to change your mindset. He's about to change the way you think. He's about to change the way you even think about yourself. He's about to change the way that when you see something, you have a different mindset. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Ready? So your, your mind gonna change. Your physical gonna change. Look at me. Because when you've been in something, you start looking like what you've been in. When you've been in something for a long time, have you ever seen a person who's been drinking for a long time? Their body is a reflection of what they've been taking in. Oh, y'all don't have to say that to me. We can tell of being a person who does drugs. There's a certain look that goes with it. This is why many of you all, you need to be careful with who you sleep with. Because you don't want to look like what you've been in bed with. Got quiet then, didn't it? You start looking like what you stay in long. So I have to change your appearance. I have to change the way you look. There's a look that goes with poverty. But you won't look like it. There's a mindset that goes with poverty. But you'll never think like you're poor again. Oh, y'all not saying to me. Come on here, watch me, watch me. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Like sometimes I have to remind myself that I have money. Because sometimes I still act like or think like I'm poor. See, when you're in the hood, we don't throw anything out. A bottle of ketchup, when it get low, we put water in it. Do y'all do that here? And we make sure we get all that ketchup up out that bottle before you throw that bottle out. If you have shampoo, you take the top off, you put water in it, and you shake it up. Because it's the most, you in here acting like you cannot go out here and buy another bottle of shampoo. But God's about to change the way you see things because you're about to live in overflow. emotions are going to be different. Your emotions are going to be totally different because what you were in jacked you up emotionally. So certain things that used to get to you won't get to you anymore. Certain things that used to bother you won't bother you anymore. Certain things that used to be a trigger won't be a trigger no more. Why? Because I'm in another place in him. I'm out of the reach of what used to have me because what he delivered me from, I have been made whole. Spiritually, you change. Spiritually, you change. Because you give God all the glory. I came to tell some of you all, no one will ever know what you've been through unless you tell them. Because you'll never look like it, sound like it, or act like it. Oh, my God. Come on, lift your hands and say, God, I want to be made whole. Wow. You ready? I'm almost done. So Jesus walks up and says, do you want to be made whole? Why does 
Jesus asks man a question. Why is God asking man a question? Because he's an all-wise, all-knowing God. He's not asking the question because he doesn't know the answer. He's asking the question to shine light on the situation. And it is up to you to get the revelation of the question. Allow me to show you when he asks this man the question, these are the three things that hold us back. Mm. When, do you want to be made whole? That's a, that's a simple question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He doesn't say, yeah. Do you want to be, that's a, that's a yes or no. Do you want to be made whole? Yeah. Do you want to be healed? Yeah. Do you want to be in a wealthy place? Yeah. Do you want your name to be blessed? Yeah. Do you want your house to be blessed? Yeah. Watch what he says. Three excuses. Number one. Sir, I have no one no man, when the water is trouble, to put me into the pool. Stop. I don't have a support group. And many of you all, you have not shifted because you're looking for someone to help you. I'm coming down. You don't have a support group. Everybody else has help. How come I don't have anybody to help me? No. No one's going to get the credit for what God does for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. No one's going to get the credit. You ready? Look at me. Look at me. Some of y'all, he refuses to let you have the support that you feel like you need. Because what that, what that does is it makes you wait on him. You don't have the right group for every pastor. Sometimes you feel like you don't have the right group around you, every leader. I don't have the right team. Perfect. Perfect. Because when I send them, you'll know that it was nobody but me that did it for you. So watch me. In 2023, you could never use the lack of support as an excuse. You could never use the lack of support as an excuse. Because I came to you knowing that you didn't have support. I came to you so that you could look to me as your only source. Let's go for it. Second, second, he says, but while I am coming, stop right there. That is past failures. In other words, I tried before. And many of you all, you keep using your past against your present and your future. How much longer are you going to keep telling us what you tried, what you did two years ago, what you did three years ago. It doesn't matter. This is your divine timing. I held it for such a time as this. So you cannot let your past, what does the Bible say? Forgetting those things which are behind me. I need you to turn your back on every failure that you had. And I need you to say, but I'm still here. And as long as I have breath in my body, as long as I have the activities of my limbs, as long as I'm in the presence of God, he still has time to do it. So number one, you cannot use the lack of support. Number two, you cannot use your past failures. Number three, 
When I'm trying to get in, another person steps down in front of me. Oh, you're too busy watching other people. You have the spirit of comparison. You keep looking at other people and it's messing with your faith. Watch me. If you're not careful while you're looking at other people, you'll, be, you'll get a spirit of, um, uh, it's basically haterade. It's basically hating. Like, Bible says we got to rejoice with those that rejoice. Until you could praise God for somebody else's blessing, it holds you back from getting your own. And sometimes God will let somebody younger than you come up and get what you've been waiting years to get, to check your spirit, to see if you cannot celebrate with anybody. I'm going to give you an opportunity to celebrate your neighbors. Hold on, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Look to your right, look to your left. And tell them, I'm about to celebrate your 2023. Ready? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, wait. I'm about to celebrate every door opening for you. I'm about to celebrate divine connections. I'm about to celebrate your timing. And I really want you to make it. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Wait, so if I celebrate somebody, Look at me. If I celebrate, I'm not like, do it for him, God. No, that is not a celebration. You need somebody to be like, ah! You need somebody. Celebrate! Celebrate! Give them a standing ovation. about to be brought up. Your house is about to be blessed. Your business is about to be blessed. Your finances are about to increase. It says time up. Sit down. I got to move real fast. I got to give you this. I'm done. No more excuses. No more excuses. No more excuses. No more excuses. It's your time. It's your season. It's your turn. Okay, ready? Let's go. Let's go. Jesus just gives him three commands. Now, this messed me up when I read it. He never touched him. He never laid hands on him. He didn't even spit on him. (laughs) 
You know, he smells somebody. I can't, I can't even get a spit. <laughs> I mean, can a brother at least get a spit? No. Get up. Take up your bed and shift. I need you to get up. I need you to pull what's been holding you. Because what's been holding you for the last several years will no longer hold you again. Oh, my God. (laughs) Stand to your feet. So the income that you've been making has been holding you. It will not hold you. The house that you've been living in has been holding you. But it will not be holding you. I need the screen person to bring this up when I give you the process. And I want you to see that. And the Bible says in verse 9, and immediately. Everybody say immediately. Immediately. If you hear me clearly, your life is going to change. Like one day it's going to change what you've been waiting on 30-some years. That is crazy to me. Like when I read that, one day, one day, one day can change your whole life. (laughs) Some of y'all don't believe the Bible. God, I hate that. And immediately the man was made and he, and he obeyed the divine instructions. He took up his bed and he shifted and he moved. Can you bring up the next slide? I want to give you this. It's four steps. Number one, you cannot do this without faith. Faith is the number one step that this man walks up to you and he says, do you want to be made whole? And you begin to question him, but he doesn't stop. He's still standing there putting a demand on you. Anybody else would have walked away, but he's like no other man. He is God. And you must believe, you must have faith. Your faith, come on, bring it up, bring it up. Your faith, watch me, will change your mindset. Because if you have the faith to believe, you start thinking different. Your mindset change. And for some of you all, we know you have no faith by how you think. Because your thought pattern reveals your faith level. Come on, let's go. Go to the third one. Number three is you begin to act in obedience. So number one, you have faith. Number two, you do what? Number two, your mind changed, and then when your mind changed, you just began to act. You just start making some different moves. You just start making some different. Now watch me. As you're moving, then you get stronger. As you're moving, you won't get stronger until you believe. You won't get stronger until your mind changes. You won't get stronger, pay attention, until you make the first move. You waiting on heaven to do what he told you to do. Certain things you have to do. Whatsoever he telleth you to do, you do it. What did he say? He said, do something stupid. He said, go fill the empty barrels with water. He told Joshua them, do something stupid. Walk around the walls seven days, and on the seventh day, go seven times. He told the woman, the widow, give to the prophet first. This doesn't make sense. Can I tell you something? 
what he's going to tell you to do won't make sense. Watch me. They're in the battle with Jehoshaphat. There's a vast army coming against you. They outnumber us. Okay? All you got to do, go to the battlefield, maintain your position, do something that doesn't make sense. Just open your mouth and just shout. That is crazy to me. I want you to listen to me. So I, I graduated with a degree in criminal justice. I was a juvenile probation officer. I worked for what's called Cook County. Cook County is a job you never quit because they get good insurance and you never get fired. You never quit the county. And some of y'all are in some positions that they told you, you better not quit that job. But phone calls keep coming to stretch you. But you keep ignoring the phone calls. So one day while I'm in the county, my name is brought up at a radio station. They said, there's a guy by the name of John Hanna, and you need some humor on this radio station. You want somebody to make people laugh? You want somebody to clown on a gospel radio station? Yes. But I've never been on radio before. How did you get my name? Someone brought your name up. Wow. I go to the radio station without any experience, and they turn the mic on. And immediately, something kicked in that I didn't even know I had in me. Ooh. Ready? Listen to this. It was, a, it was a Saturday night show. The ratings went so good that they came and told me, would you consider coming and working for the radio station full time? Listen to me, that we'll give you your morning show. I say, my morning show? Look at me. I said, oh, I could never quit my job. I can never quit my job. They said, do us a favor. Go ask your job if you can come in just a little later. I said, okay, they're not gonna do this. They're not gonna do this. I go to the job, I said, listen, I got an opportunity at the radio station. They're asking me to come to you to see if I could come in around 9.30 or 10 and I could make the hours up. They said, no problem. I need you to turn and tell your neighbor, you're about to be given full access. You ready? Watch me. I am on the radio station and I'm, I'm, I'm like the sidekick. I'm the sidekick. There's another person that run the show, but I'm the sidekick. And then they laid us off at one point, and then they had to call us back because when I left, the ratings went down. What am I trying to say to you? The kingdom is only blessed as long as you win it. Ready? Look at me. Look at me. They called us back, and my sidekick says, okay, I'll come back. Then he decides, I don't want to come back. You don't want to come back? No. Then that means that the sidekick now needs to be number one. And now it will be called the John Hanna Morning Show. But my degree is in criminal justice. And I have no background in this. Then what do you have? God. Favor. For supernatural stuff. You ready? 
I'm at this radio station, and I got, I got my own show, the John Hanmore Show. All the, all the United States gospel artists want to come to my show. The ratings are off the chain. At one point, my show beat the Steve Harvey Show in Chicago. This is crazy. And this is how you're going to be testifying about your life. This is crazy. Watch me. They have an award ceremony in the United States called the Stella Awards. And they give a Stella Award to the number one radio pronouncer of the year. Hold on. I do it for 13 years. 13 years, I do it. I'm making money. I made the radio station $6 million. Look at me. Look at me. And the Lord says to me, do not become addicted to the microphone. When I tell you to leave it, I need you to exit immediately. Come on, watch, watch me, watch me. I wrote my letter. I turned it in. I bow out gracefully. Watch me. I don't wait until God make me hit rock bottom. I quit while I'm on top. Because the top is only my launching. Some of y'all missed it. Some of y'all missed it. You're not wasting time. You're building height for your takeoff. What about she? I need to go. Ready? Lean in. So I quit. I walk out. Chicago's upset. You left. I had to. Ready? What I had made at the radio station for a full year, the Lord told me, sow it. Give it away. It's not for you. I just want you to sow every seed that you make for a full year. And I sold it. Ready? When I left the radio station, please listen. What it took me one year to make a full year salary, I made it in three months. Okay, now, this is what it's going to get deep. So why am I here? Why would God bring me all the way to the United States, stand me here, and I had no thought that I would be preaching today. I thought that I was going to preach um, Thursday, Friday, I thought I was going to be flying to Abuja today, but God arranged it that we don't fly out to tomorrow so that I could stand here in front of you to tell you, you are about to have divine timing. <laughs> you are about to meet your divine connection. And you are, I need to say this with boldness, and you're going to obey your divine instructions. I'm done. You can take my, get my, get my iPad. So, at first I thought I was going to be picked up at 12. They said, no, come get two. So I went to sit outside. And I was waiting, and that's where I was about to leave the um, hotel. The Lord said, this is the last word that I want you to speak to them before you leave. And for everyone, for several of you in here, by this time next year, your life would have flipped immediately. I need you to open your mouth and say, and it will be for the rest of my life. Say it again. Say it again. 
So here is my final scripture that the Lord said, if you pay attention to your divine timing, if you pay attention to your divine connection, if you pay attention to your divine instructions, this will be your life. In Ezekiel 21 and 27, I will overturn, overturn, overturn it, and it shall be no more. Your life is about to change forever. For your glory, I will do anything just to see you, to behold you. This is why I love y'all. Y'all just take a song. For your glory. I will do. Just and behold. I want to be. I want to be. I want to be in your will. I want to be. All right, so look at me. So I'm here so you could see that he is able. I am here as proof that you could know that God could do anything. I am here to let you know that your life story is bigger than what you could ever imagine. And I want this conference to basically be your launch. Sometimes you can sit on a plane and they say, okay, we're just waiting on the runway to clear. Hear me clearly. The runway has been cleared. <laughs> and it is time for you to take off. By this time next year, you will not be in the same location. For your glory. What you gonna do? Just to see you. And do what? To be you For your glory. that did it for me I stand as a testimony I stand as an example that now unto him that is able <laughs> I stand as an example that now unto him that is able 
Every business owner, release the name of your business in the spirit. Release it. Release it. Release it. Release it. Release it. Every pastor, every teacher, every evangelist, every prophet, every apostle, you know, Sheke, Rosoto, Mirandaraba, Batatariandoboseke. Release your name in the spirit for every preacher. The earth is about to yield what belongs to you. Every manager, every supervisor, every leader, release your name. believer everyone that have faith to believe that God Jeremiah 32 and 27 behold I am the Lord the God of all flesh is there anything too hard for me every believer let your praise reflect your immediately on the count of three and I'm out of here a big praise equals a big blessing a small praise is a small blessing a gigantic praise according to your praise so be it unto you. Go for broke. One, two, three, go! Get under the bossy. Run the bossy key under the bossy. Rosa Tora Baba Baba Saya. He mama mama Oh